This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some really good information, truthful information about what our local market is like. Um, Now, it's important to find out what other markets are like, too, um, so that we know how, you know, the opportunities that are here in our Central Valley. So today we are going to do a road trip around the California housing market. We have four different realtors from around the state that we're going to be talking with and we'll compare our markets. But before we get to that, I want to acknowledge that uh, one of our truly great members of the Fresno Association of Realtors just passed away, and that's Marie Therrick. Marie is uh, the epitome of what our association was about, friendly to everybody, no matter what company you worked for, who your broker was, she just loved everybody. And if we could all be like her, we'd be in a better place. Um, so with that, and I thought about doing a moment of silence, but I don't think that would be appropriate on a radio show to do a moment of silence. But to Marie Therrick, God bless you. And thank you for everything. So our first guest is Nikki Copa from the San Diego area. How are you, Nikki? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Don. Oh, sure. And I think you were on this show several years ago doing the same thing. So I'll bet things have changed, though. Yeah, just a smidge, right? <laughs> right. What What part of San Diego do you cover? Or, or, or I've been I've been selling real estate down in the, in the entire county of San Diego for over twenty five years. I personally live very very close to the border um, in the second largest city in the county, which is Chula Vista. So we definitely have you know like any county, I'm sure, our more expensive areas and then our less expensive areas. And Chula Vista, even though it is large, we've had a ton of growth over the past 10 to 15 years. So it is one of the more, more affordable areas. All right. So let's kind of focus in on that, that area. How is that Chula Vista uh, market doing today at this point? How would you describe it in 2024? Very, very good. You know, we have a we have a shortage of inventory, um, and it's been ongoing for years, uh, mostly because rental prices are so high in our county. Um, rental prices are three thousand average is three thousand dollars a month, and that gets you an eight hundred square foot apartment. Um, so that being said, then we've definitely seen more and more people gravitating towards realizing that they do need to own a home to be able to build some wealth and be able to pay somebody their own mortgage rather than you know paying somebody else. Okay, that's a good point, and, and thank you for that statistic of $3,000 to rent an 800 square foot apartment because locally yeah. I'm going to say that's closer to $1,000 maybe $1,200 to rent something like that 
So, wow, quite a bit of difference yeah, there. Big difference. And we're 52% renters now down in San Diego County. And we've always been, um, uh, we've always gravitated towards more homeowners than renters. And over the past, actually since the pandemic, then we've seen that shift. And I think that we're really starting to see that change again, where more people are saying, all right, you know what, I'm tired of these rental prices. They keep going up every single year. And um, they want to be able to invest in homeownership. All right. So what is an average home price to, to buy a home in your area? And what what would that buy? Uh, median sale price, if we're looking in San Diego County as a whole, uh, for a single family detached is about 850000 And that's going to buy you probably the 1,600 square foot, maybe three bedroom home. Um, and down in Chula Vista, a little bit more affordable. So we're running about Seven fifty um, for that same home, so about a uh, hundred thousand dollars less if you're down in Chula Vista. I see. Um, I know if you go toward closer to the ocean, it's going to get more expensive. But what other areas there are less affordable? Excuse me, less costly. Less costly. So if we're looking, um, like I said, Chula Vista is definitely um, one of your more affordable areas. But if we go into the east part of our county, um, so your Santees, Lakeside, um, some of those communities are less expensive uh, just because they're further from the central hub of where San Diego is um, and further from the ocean. So you're not getting your ocean views there, um, but it is more affordable. But at the end of the day, they're going to be very, very similar to what Chula Vista is. So when we say affordable, we are saying, you know, a good median price of 750 it would be an amazing value right now in a good community. Um, and again, about three bedroom, maybe anywhere from 1,600 to 1,800 square feet. Okay, interesting you give us that size because our median price here in Fresno County is uh, also gets you that 16 to 1,700, 1,800 square foot, three bedroom, two bath home, but the dollar amount is 400,000. Wow. So, yeah, quite a difference. <laughs> um, yeah. But we're and not close fact, to the our, ocean our either. Cond- right. Well, in our condos, I mean, honestly, you can't even get a condo down here for that. Um, it's median sale price on a condo is almost $600,000. And so it's really, really tough. And that's a two-bedroom, um, maybe a 1,000 square feet. So it's definitely, it's definitely expensive to live in San Diego County. But it's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it sure is. Um, all right. How, how has mortgage rates affected your housing market in the last several years? Because we've seen a real roller coaster with mortgage rates. Right. I think that's really, um, those rates are really responsible for the shift in what we've seen in our percentages of home ownership. Um, to be down to 52% renters was, uh, is a surprise to most of us in San Diego County. Um, because we have been majority homeowners. And I think that so many people, when the rates shifted, went, okay, well, I'll wait because our rates were so incredibly ridiculous, quite honestly, looking at 2% and 3% that 
everybody was waiting for them to go back to that and so figured that they would rent for a little while. But it's so hard to get back with the prices that we have down here. It's so hard to get back into the rental or into the homeowners market after that, that now we're seeing definitely a push in 2024, more and more people saying, okay, well, I guess rates are good enough and I can always refinance. And so they're not keeping them from buying at this point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of interest rates, what was the interest rate on your first home? 5.75. And I remember I was so excited that I was under six because uh, that was my first home that I bought was in 2003. And um, that was back in the days when they were doing piggyback loans where, you know, you were basically 100% financing because you had a first and a second that was interest only. And that was just the thing to do. And I was at 5.75 on my first and 6.25 on the piggyback second. You, You were probably all giddy thinking you got free money. Absolutely. It was amazing. I'm like, but wait, I have a down payment. And I remember the lender saying, why would you use it? Here's, it's basically interest only on the second. So, yeah, um, at different times and looking at it now. And that's, that's a good way to be able to talk to people, though, about interest rates. And I think one of the most interesting dynamics of what we do is it's hard because the media is so loud typically and saying that the interest rates are so high and that you might want to wait is certainly one viewpoint but when you're paying rent your interest rate is a hundred percent and so you know when we look at rates even at eight percent that's a big difference than a hundred percent and and it's invests in your future when you buy homeowners when you buy a house Right, right. So what's driving your San Diego market and um, what's your forecast for 2024? We've definitely seen an uptick in 2024. I think that 2023 with the changes, with the interest rate, we had so many people sitting on the fence waiting to see if we were going to get back down to 2% (laughs) um, that it seems like 2024, when we look at new listings, we were up in January uh, 200 listings over what we were in January of 2023, which is pretty significant. I mean, that's a 10% increase. And so it seems more and more people are tired of waiting and want to move forward with buying or selling. And so that that has definitely spurred the market when we look at what's available. But our inventory is still so sparse. Um, you know, when we list something, we almost always sell for at list price or above. Um, very, very rarely is there anything that sells below list price right now. How do you manage the expectations of a buyer who wants to get out there and buy their first home, but knowing that there's an inventory shortage, um, how do you counsel them? I think the biggest part is just talking them through the process, what to expect, um, and being realistic about the fact that there are bidding wars. And it gets really, really tough when we get into March, then we in our area, 
basically March through July, that's when we'll have multiple offers on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And and it is tough, especially if you need down payment assistance, anything like that that's outside the norm that isn't going to be a very quick, easy transaction. Unfortunately, you're going to be outbid. Uh, relationships are key. And honestly, for a lot of us, we just look to find, okay, what do you want? And we look for off-market properties. You know, let's call some people in that area that you want to buy and see if they're interested in selling because it's really tough to be able to win a bidding, bidding war if, you're, if your buyer is not the strongest buyer. I see. Well, I have one final question for you before we got to go to our first commercial break, but what's your best real estate advice to us, Nikki? You know, I think that looking at real estate for the last 25 years, I see people that truly treat this as an investment. And if you look at it and be able to look at whatever you're buying as, can I keep it for two years, five years, 10 years, then you are always going to be able to build wealth. Don't look at it as a place to live. Look at it as an investment as well. And that means sometimes that you have to give up. I do a huge commute um, because I want to live in the area that I want to live in. But it is one of those things that can build wealth as long as you're smart with it. So think of it as not only a place to live and a place to make memories, but also as an investment in your future. All right. Well, Nikki Copa, I would like to thank you very much for uh, helping us out today, helping our listeners understand about the San Diego market. And as we get back from our commercial break, we're going to take a road trip going north to the San Fernando Valley. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are on a road trip around the California housing market. We started off in the first segment in San Diego, and now we've headed up the 5 and now the 405, and we have entered the San Fernando Valley. And we have Mel Wilson, realtor extraordinaire, on the line. Good morning, Mel. Good morning, Don, and good morning, KYNO listeners. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Uh, And our KYNO listeners should know that Mel Wilson just got a very prestigious award, the Fernando Award, um, given to someone who best exemplifies outstanding service to the community. So not just real estate, but everything. What what do you do for all that, Mel? Well, about 40 years of volunteering, uh, starting out in the Property Owners Association, a little community called Pacoima, moving up the ladder in the Chamber of Commerce, uh, getting appointed by uh, one of my favorite mayors, uh, Richard Reardon, uh, and then uh, to the Metro Board, uh, Fire Commission, uh, Planning Commission, just lots of things, just giving back. And very involved in my church, my, my bride and I have been Christian Ed directors for about 35 years, and we just got a chance to uh, retire uh, a couple years ago. All right. And I know the first time I heard your name, I was watching a football game on Sunday in the NFL, and there was a defensive back uh, named Mel Wilson playing for the New York Giants. And I remember well, back was, then, back was, then, uh, I said, whoa, that ago. dude's I was good. A, <laughs> well, I was a fifth-round draft pick by the New York football Giants. I really didn't make it that big 
in the league, didn't stay very long, but I played for the Giants and I played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, well, you made an impression on a young guy like me, so. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah. I'm the only one that still calls myself young, by the way. <laughs> you look good, man. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mel. Hey, um, tell us, what area, market area do you cover and that you'll be talking about today? Today I'll be talking about the San Fernando Valley and our neighbors uh, just slightly to the north, the Santa Clarita Valley. Uh, two distinct communities. San Fernando Valley has about a million plus people. The Santa Clarita Valley has about 300,000 folks. Uh, and, and it's a great area. The Santa Clarita Valley is pretty safe. A lot of law enforcement that live there, excellent schools. The San Fernando Valley is pretty wide and, and rangy. Uh, some good communities, good pockets of communities. But uh, both of those communities are excellent communities in which to live, work, and play. All right. So how would you describe that San Fernando mar and Santa Clarita market right now? I would say the market is a bit slow compared to what's <laughs> normal. Prices are high, but rents are also high. Uh, the current market conditions is being really uh, slowed down by the uh, stubborn high interest rates. Today's rates uh, were about 6.7%. They were almost at 8% a few months back. Uh, but, you know, when I got into the business 40-plus uh, years ago, interest rates were 10%. So I've seen high interest rates uh, over the time that I've been in the business. And people still bought back then. They sure did. Uh, there was a time in, in the early 80s, uh, interest rates got as high as 18%. So we realtors really had to, you know, figure out a way to get people into homes. But, you know, owning a home is a part of the American dream, and it's the surest way to create generational wealth for you and your family. All right. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, so mortgage rates have affected your market then because you're saying it's a little slower right now? That's right. That's right. You know, three years ago uh, during the heat of COVID, uh, interest rates went down to about 2.65, 3%. And there are a lot of uh, folks who refinanced their homes back over the last three years, getting that low interest rate, 3 to 4%. And those folks who are, are hanging on to those interest rate loans, you know, low interest rates loan, they call that being locked in. They're locked into that low rate. They want to buy, they want to sell their home to buy another home, but they don't want to get stuck with that higher interest rate. So some of them are playing what I call the wait and see game. They're waiting to see when those interest rates will go down. And once they start uh, declining a bit, you'll see folks getting out of those homes uh, and moving into another home. All right. Excellent. Um, it, and we call that right sizing. At, at some point, people are going to say, okay, despite the fact I'll have to pay a higher interest rate, I can't go upstairs anymore, or uh, we're too far away from the grandkids, or we need a bigger home. So people will be right sizing also. That, that is correct. And, you know, especially the, the baby boomers, you know, that, I'm, a, I'm a boomer. The baby boomers are trying to get to a place of retirement. Some have already retired. Not me, not yet. I, I love what I do and helping people getting out in and out of homes uh, and owning investment properties. But, uh, yeah, there, there are folks who will just get tired of those walking up the stairs, bad back, bad knees. And here's what I say. Find a home, and especially in this kind of market when it's slower because you'll have less competition, less people to compete with to buy that home. So here's what I say. Find a home. Marry the home, 
and date the interest rates. The interest rates will come down. I don't think they'll ever get to the 2.65, but they will come down. So marry the home and date the interest rate. And when rates start going down, just refinance and lock into that home for the remainder of the days that you want to be there. All right. Good advice. Good advice. So what is your forecast for the 2024 market? Well, it's an interesting market. You know, I've been in many markets. I got in the business in 1978, so I've seen uh, ups and downs. Never one quite like this, but here's what I forecast to happen. We'll see prices uh, slowly climbing up. And over, you know, since COVID, prices have gone up anywhere from 30 to 40%. I don't expect they'll go up that fast, but we'll see some slight increases in pricing. We'll see a decline in interest rates, and we'll see some of those would-be sellers actually getting into the market and right-sizing into a home. Uh, and, you know, they'll, they'll have to get up off that 3% rate, but maybe they'll get one that's 5%, and maybe they can buy down the interest rate to a lower rate. So I would say, you know, get your foot in the door. Buy a home. Marry the home. Date the interest rate. All right. And um, what, uh, what's an average home price in your area? Well, in the San Fernando Valley, the price is a little bit higher it's, it's for a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, about a 1,500-square-foot single-family home. You're going to pay upwards of 900000 which is crazy, but that's what the market is. In the Santa Clarita Valley, a uh, home that's just uh, about maybe 20 minutes north of the San Fernando Valley, you'll find a similar home for about $800,000. So the Santa Clarita Valley has a little bit better values than the San Fernando Valley. All great communities. Uh, a condo in the Santa Clarita Valley will go for about 540000 A condo in the San Fernando Valley will go about 575000 Wow. Wow. Um, quite a bit different than our Central Valley area. Our, our median home sale price for 2023 was 400000 and that would get you a three-bedroom, two-bath home. Um, and it really didn't matter too much whether you were in the – uh, in Fresno, Clovis, Madeira, uh, Sanger, Fowler, it, it, uh, even if some people think, well, gee, if you go to a, one of the outlying areas, it's going to get a lot cheaper, but it doesn't seem to here. But what I hear from the San Fernando Valley is if you do a commute, you'll save a little money. You will. I mean, folks are, uh, who work in, in L.A., uh, San Fernando Valley, Santa Cruz Valley, all a part of the L.A. County area. Some folks who want to really have, afford a home but cannot afford one in San Fernando or Santa Cruz Valley, they're going a little bit further north, about another 30 miles north, into the Antelope Valley in Palmdale, Lancaster, Pear Blossom, uh, um, places like that. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. Those people that are buying homes today – What's their driving force? What's motivating them to go buy something today? Well, there's a couple different pockets. One of them is uh, the millennials and the Gen Xs. The millennials have been sitting, uh, living in their, their family's home, their mom and dad's home, and they're, until they're in their uh, high 30s, mid-30s to high 30s. And they want to get their own space and begin to formulate their own family, get married, and have, start having kids. So they're the ones that are buying homes because they want to have their own space. Um, folks who are in the, the baby boomer age, they want to downsize in many ways. Uh, their utilities are high, water bills high, and they may have issues with their back, their knee. And so they want to get out of that two-story home or that home that's just way too big. 
may have lost a loved one uh, or partner, and so they want to downsize into a home that's uh, really more accommodating to their needs and their future needs. And so that's what's drawing people to get into this market. They either want to right size down, right size up, or they want to begin to own a home and be a part of the American dream of home ownership and create generational wealth. All right. Thank you, Mel. I have one last question for you before we have to go to our next commercial break, but what is your best real estate advice that you can give our listeners? Here's my advice. Uh, there are tons of ways that you can do your own research. Get on the computer, start doing your own research. What do you want to check out? You want to check out schools. What type of schools? What are the rating for the schools? You want to check out shopping. You want to look at the crime rate. You want to look at how close are you going to be to health provider, healthcare providers. And then what you want to do is you want to find a realtor. Find a realtor, but also commit to that realtor. Here's what the realtors do. They will do all the research for you. They don't charge you anything for doing all that work, and they'll get paid if they are able to get you the home of your choice. And so I would say do your homework. Make sure you know what you want to get into. Check that community out during the daytime. Drive back during the nighttime. Drive back on the weekend so you can see if any behavior changes over those times periods. But overall, what I'd say is find a realtor and commit to the realtor, and that realtor will commit to you. Thank you, Mel. Appreciate that. Uh, And with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio because we're heading north. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, where we did get back on the road again. We headed up north on the 101, and now we're on the central coast of of California, and we have Preston Miller of Modern Broker on the line. Good morning, Preston. Good morning, Don. All right. Thank you for agreeing to do this and share your your knowledge, your geographical knowledge of the area that you're in. And, and but first of all, can you tell us what market areas are you going to be talking about? Sure. No, and thanks for having me on, Don. Um, I am, uh, my office serves mostly the San Luis Obispo County and northern Santa Barbara County. Uh, so that's probably the segment of the Central Coast I'll speak to this morning. Okay. So Santa Maria to San Luis Obispo and all points in between. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, we have um, um, one office in the Santa Maria Orchid area, uh, another in the Pismo Beach area that and a number of our agents kind of uh, dispersed throughout uh, San Luis Obispo County uh, and as, as well in the, uh, in the Santa Maria market. Do you have quite a price variance between in those markets? We, you know, we really do. Um, the, we usually, and I hope this is okay that I share this, Don, but I, you know this about me, but I'm, I'm, you know, originally from Fresno, you know, proud Clovis West graduate and um, made the move this way in 2017. And usually when I am describing the market or just the area to anyone, you know, coming from the Central Valley, the it's almost um, it's a little bit of a disservice sometimes if I try to describe it as a whole. Um, just even San Luis, Obispo, San Luis Obispo County in its entirety is less than half the population of just the city of Fresno. And if you can imagine, there's a number of cities inside of San Luis Obispo County. Um, 
each of which you know have um, you know the number of things that makes them uh, unique and separate from the others, and so that results in a fair amount of um, you know price differentiation between you know a lot of the different areas. Um, and where would I, I be would your high in, point? You know the the high point really the way I would describe it is that the highest is closest to the water. And as you go inland, you see a little bit less. So, um, you know, Pismo and Shell Beach uh, is probably the highest. Uh, highest price listing our company has at the moment is about $9 million right on the cliffs in Shell Beach. Um, and then, you know, going um, as you go along the coast, so Pismo Beach, Shell Beach, uh, Los Osos, Morro Bay, Cayucas, uh, Cambria, those where you'll see most of the kind of the highest prices in the county. And then as you go inland, you see... Say San Luis Obispo is closer to eight hundred thousand. Um, Santa Maria closer to you know six seven hundred thousand. If that gives you a sense of the range. Okay, and, and that's funny you say that. That's the same thing our first guest said. Nikki from San Diego mm-hmm. is the closer to the water mm-hmm. you get, the higher the prices. I it, guess there's a real draw to that ocean. For sure, it's a it's an incredible draw. Um, it makes for some beautiful properties right along the water, um, and it's most dramatic as you get. Uh, for example, um, you know you'll see you know some like ours. Do we have this one at close to nine million dollars right now, right on the water? Uh, a block in, you might see houses for you know a million and a half to two million. So it's a pretty quick as you get away from the water, you see the price decline a bit, um, and then it. It stabilizes with some of those other values I mentioned. Okay, so with prices like that, what? How is your market in twenty twenty four? You know, it's a great question. It just it really depends which area you're talking about. So, we have some of the coastal areas that are more of a what I would call a second home market, where a lot of the you know buyers are from different parts of California, um, just wanting to have a second home on the coast. Um, and there's there's really a lot of demand. Um, we see a fair amount of um, interest from the Central Valley, from Southern California, from Northern California. Um, and so that definitely is, um, there's a lot of demand. Uh, the bigger challenge is there's just not, you know, I'm sure you hear similar things in other parts of the state, but we just wish there were more properties for sale. So even folks that would be interested in selling, the the challenge isn't the sale. The challenge is their next purchase. And so that's um, often the, the challenge that we have. Um, but there's really no there's no shortage of demand or interest in the area locally. Hmm. Even with interest rates being up, uh, there's no shortage of demand. Interesting. And another interesting so. thing think- that you're bringing out is that um, – just as the other callers said, um, there's an inventory shortage. So we've had quite a price difference as we've traveled through the state, and yet the the similar challenge of inventory. Definitely, uh, you know, I, it gets talked about in different ways. Um, there's a lot of really, um, I would say, good reporting and discussion on the on that topic. But one that I hear described a lot is just the lock-in effect that the interest rate, um, there's, you know, at least a, a number of people that even at today's rates being higher than what they were can still qualify. Maybe they miss um, the um, some of the lower rates they saw maybe a few years ago, 
but still see the value in real estate, still interested in purchasing, still capable of purchasing. Uh, it's just that lock-in for people that bought um, a couple of years ago with much lower rates. So it's um, almost harder to give up the interest rate than to give up the home in some cases. And so mm-hmm. we do think we'll see um, as you know some expectation for rates to get even a little bit lower later this year. Um, this not not trying to prognosticate too much there, but any reduction, of course, helps buyers, but even more so helps um, gets little um, gets some of our sellers, people interested in making a move who have a home, a little bit more comfortable with you know the rate that they might be moving into in their next place. Yeah, and as our last caller Mel said about right sizing, there will come a point when a seller has to right size, whether it's to a different location or to a bigger or smaller home. And then it's going to be, well, the interest rate has to go goodbye. So they're going to move to right size. Um, Exactly it. For the buyers that you have there, what's driving them right now? What's making them go into a competitive market? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say it's it's a long list of different answers, of course, but I guess to maybe mention a few things. And some of it is just um, any number of just typical life changes. So um, we have always some stream of people that are relocating for work-related reasons. Um, so that's a part of it. Um, I think others, um, despite maybe what we're talking about with the interest rate, just see the you know long-term uh, value and benefits of just owning real estate, which is a long conversation in its own right, but I think it's uh, there's just a lot of interest in real estate almost at all times. So, you know, whether that's investors or um, someone just interested in purchasing themselves, um, just there's still um, as high as prices are in certain areas, still an expectation for appreciation um, or some concern of missing out on future appreciation where we see people motivated to get in sooner rather than later um, to make a purchase. So that's um, at least a part of it. Um, in certain other areas, uh, rents have also gone up a lot. So um, even with interest rates and prices at what they are, um, just the, the argument in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases in favor of owning uh, versus renting is, is still a pretty compelling argument. Yeah. And what do you think about this statement? I think I, I don't remember a, a time in the last 10, 20 years where a, a home a home buyer can look to the future and say, I really believe my home prices are going to remain stable, if not go up, but I don't think they're going to go down. What, what would be your comment on something like that? You know, it's a good question. You know, we... Um, I, I definitely think that's a big part of it. So, you know, when it, it sounded like I might have surprised you when I mentioned earlier that we just didn't have a shortage of demand. Uh, and I think a lot of it is that I, a good portion of our buyer pool that's interested in this area shares the exact feeling that you just said in that statement. So um, just that it's really hard to beat the stability and kind of long-term positive outlook for real estate. Kind of regardless of any concerns around anything short term. I like what you just said about stability, because not only is there that stability financially, 
where home prices just do not look like they're going to go down but stability also to your family so the intangible part of it so absolutely that, that's i mean helpful. there's agreed and no i think that's uh for sure there's so many um just direct and indirect benefits associated with home ownership that um are just hard to find better things to do than to own property and so you see a lot of interest just has continued to grow in that in that regard okay uh preston we have uh time for one final question before we go to our next commercial break but what would be your best real estate advice for our listeners i guess i would say two things don't don't wait. Um, I think real estate has rewarded those that have taken risks um, in most cases. And so if you have any interest, um, uh, you know, uh, I would encourage that interest. Um, and then secondarily, just work with someone who knows what they're doing. I think a, um, a skilled professional is absolutely invaluable in a real estate transaction, buying, selling, or any other um, involvement. So Kind of um, hard to do it yourself, to, huh? Yeah, it's well, I would say it another way. It's very easy to do it yourself. It's just exceptionally risky to do it yourself. Um, yeah. So a professional is worth um, their weight in gold uh, in a real estate transaction. Okay. Well, Preston Miller, I want to thank you for uh, agreeing to be part of this road trip around the California housing market. And I, I have to admit, I, well, I probably should apologize to you. I threw you a few curveballs, but I know you well, and I knew you could you could still hit them out of the park, which you did. Well, I'm flattered you'd have me on. I appreciate it, and um, you know, wish you the best, Don. Thank you. Hey, thank you. All right, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back after this commercial break. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. Yes, we're on the road again. We've gone up the 101 now from the Central Coast and over to the East Bay of um, the Bay Area. And on the line, we now have Mikhail and Leslie Manzone of from Contra Costa County. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good. All right. They are a husband and a wife team that give exceptional service up there, and I've known them both for a while. So uh, thank you for being part of this this road trip. Um, Our pleasure. All right. So maybe there's somebody here in the Central Valley that says, where in the world is Contra Costa County? What are some of the cities there that, that you, you service? We service Alamo, Danville, Walnut Creek, Martinez, Arinda, Lafayette, Moraga. Okay. And then on the uh, East Bay side, more closer to uh, San Francisco side, as soon as you get off the Bay Bridge, that'd be going up to 80. You've got El Cerrito, Richmond, El Sobrante, Pinole, Hercules, et cetera, all the way up to the to the next bridge okay so i'm kind of curious between all those cities are prices about the same or do they vary greatly so we're going to just choose walnut creek and walnut creek as of january was up 1.5 percent and the median 
average sales price was 1.460. Wait, the median price was almost $1.5 million. Yes. Yes. For Walnut Creek, and you're really not by the ocean like we talked about on uh, with the previous guests. So that's that's something. No. Yeah, to be by the ocean with views, you'd have to be in that El Cerrito, Richmond View area. And, of course, more south would be Berkeley, which then turns into Alameda County, et cetera. But to answer your question, too, though, Don, so, yes, the prices do vary. There are areas that um, would be under a million dollars, you know, but the median area, as far as Leslie just commented on, would be Walnut Creek. That'd be like the major center of Contra Costa. Okay, so a thought just crossed my mind. Anybody buying here in Central California where our median price is 400000 shouldn't be saying, hey, prices are too high because <laughs> they, they can't go right. higher. So what's driving that is the lack of inventory. Um, homes sold in January compared to January the following year. We had 26 sales, and it was down 27.8%. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so, so there's still that lack of inventory. Why do we have a lack of inventory? Because that's been a theme from all four callers today. Yeah. You know, I kind of took some notes last night when we were going over all this stuff, just so Leslie and I could make comparison again, because, you know, you, you sit here and you try to brainstorm on these things. What we've called it now is more of a seasonal market. You know how back in the day when we first all started, I mean, back in the 90s and the 2000s, it would be, okay, well, you're getting to Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. It's going to slow down, and then it sparks up again after Super Bowl, right? So right. we're seeing that, you know, the last quarter again of last year and this first quarter, we've closed a couple deals and we're gearing up for the March-April market, but we're, we're actually starting to see that it's becoming seasonal again. You know, sellers are wanting to wait and buyers are starting to gear up again and you know, the sun's shining. So I think these are all good signs. To answer your question, John, is, uh, Don, excuse me, is as far as why aren't people selling, why aren't they putting their homes on the market, I would believe part of it has to do with the interest rate and the uncertainty of the market. Um, the fear if they sold their home, they're not going to find another one. And uh, taxes, the tax consequences. Mm-hmm. Boy, you bring out some good points there, Leslie. Um, aren't we, right. We're trying to work on all this stuff, aren't we, Don, in the background? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And um, and I think what you mean by that is we're, we're members of the – we're directors with the California Association of Realtors, and um, we're trying to – organize real estate is trying to help our legislature create good policy. And, uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely and one big one that should hopefully come into play next year would be the panetta bill that would increase the capital gains on your primary residence from the 250 single to half a million single and then married it would go from half a million to a million and then include for inflation you know going forward i mean that would be a huge huge win for all of these homeowners that are you know in their single family homes that have been, you know, living there for a long time that just can't move. They can't afford to sell and pay that tax. 
Right. And back when those uh, that 500000 for a married couple limit was set, that was, I think, maybe 30 years ago. Prices were a whole lot different. It would have been hard to right. have a half-million-dollar gain, but not so much right. anymore. Yeah, right. Don, I'm pretty sure that, that that was in effect like around 1996, 98, somewhere in there. So you're exactly right, you know. Mm-hmm. But your point is correct. Things are changed. And, and you know, the tax consequences, um, et cetera, they need to change with the times. Right? That's right. Okay. So you bring up a good point there. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit. Let's go back to the interest rate thing. What was the interest rate <clears throat> on the first home you bought? For me, it was the late 80s, and I want to say it was about 12%. Hmm, interesting. So being at six and three quarters right now is still free money to you. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think with the market now compared to six months ago, I think that buyers realize that it's actually a great time. There's an opportunity for them to get into a home and if they can afford it, you know, and later on refi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> what is your forecast? Where, <clears throat> where is your market going to be come December of 2024? Do you believe prices will be up, down, stable or what? I believe that values are going to continue to go up, maybe not as quickly. And I think that we're going to see more people purchasing homes um, that were on the fence. And I believe that the interest rates are going to come down. I don't think we're going to see the interest rates as well as we have um, in the past, maybe in our lifetime. But I think that we might come down to the fives maybe even the high fours, which would be incredible. Oh, yeah, that would really spark a lot of buyers. But then we have the problem of not enough sellers. Although, wait a minute, maybe that would correct itself because maybe some of those buyers would be sellers who are selling and then buying. Absolutely. And I I think we're on the right track, you know, as far as, leadership with car and and nationally we're we're trying to be proactive and and work with our politicians to make it fair housing for all i mean it, it's mm-hmm. it's got to be a win-win yeah exactly um all right so you think interest rates will come down a little bit by the end of the year well, yeah, I, th- I think we think that we'll see mid-year that they're going to trickle down a little bit more. And I think that also what's came into play is, like Leslie mentioned, the people that were on the fence. I think it's it's just kind of a mental thing of adjusting and understanding that this is the market of where we're at. You know, we just closed on a townhouse with first-time buyers, and they had started early last year, and then they backed off because they're like, oh, wow, you know, inventory and then the rates. But then, you know, come September, October, when we bought, you know, they were ready to go and they were okay with the six. I think we locked them in at six and a half, maybe six and just under six and three quarters. And like Leslie said, they're going to have that mentality that as soon as rates drop down, maybe, you know, in the fives, low fives, they'll do a refi. Might take a year before that happens, but they know they got in. You know what I mean? So they got in, they made the purchase, 
and they're homeowners and they've got a roof over their heads and they're starting that generational wealth, you know. And they didn't have to compete. They didn't have to compete about, you know, with 13 other offers. Exactly. Um, which, you know, you have to think about that as well. You know, a few right. years ago, you were you were competing against, you know, 10 to 27 offers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That was so, a crazy Because we, we've been in the business so long, Don, you know, like yourself. I mean, Leslie's going to touch on this one, too. So one of the things that um, Mikkel and I never stopped doing this, but I think it's very important um, for everybody to understand is, when you decide to purchase a home, you want a buyer's consultation. You want somebody to take the time to explain the whole process. You know, just like you go on a listing presentation, you give a seller's presentation, you should do the same thing with a buyer. You should sit down, take the time, educate them on the whole process. I remember my first house, um, luckily I had a, a relative that was in the business. I was scared to death as a first-time buyer. And my interest rate was 12%, but I was so excited about getting into a home that, you know, I I purchased. I lived in that home for three years. I, I had a little bit of equity, not a ton, but I was able to sell that property, buy up, buy a little larger home in a better area. All right, excellent. You know, we have about a minute left, so in that minute, if the two of you could give us your best real estate advice. For buyers or for sellers? Um, how about if you guys split it? One do buyer, one do sellers. Okay, I'll take buyers. So my advice to a home buyer right now is to choose a realtor that is experienced in the area that you want to purchase that's going to take the time to go through the process with you, not rush and... Um, Really sit down and understand what are you looking for? What's most important to you? Because this home probably is going to be your home for a minimum of five to ten years. So it's very important for you to feel comfortable, understand the process, and start your journey to home ownership. All right. Mikkel, what would you say for sellers? Well, I think that sellers are still in the driver's seat this year. Now, again, you know, there's going to be certain pockets of areas that may not be as attractive as, like, the prime time locations that people want to move to, like transportation, conveniences like that that we have in the Bay. But I think, still think that overall sellers are going to be um, pricing their homes competitively and probably still looking for multiple looking for multiple offer situations again it goes back to this don as well having a licensed realtor that you know understands that marketplace you know preparing the home is still a big deal get the home ready you know do the painting or do the flooring etc that needs to be done buyers are more motivated to buy a home that's already in move-in condition because they're working they don't have time to you know buy a home and then have all this work they have to do and and again, they're, you know, they're in there with limited funds as well. You know, even depending on what price range, it really doesn't matter. People, you know, are all in and it's a big investment and um, they want the home done. So the best advice we'd give to sellers is to listen to your realtor, you know, clean up the house, spruce up the yard, spruce up the interior as much as you can. And um, if it's necessary, if it's vacant, stage the house. You know, all it's right. always been the number one thing to get top dollar, you know. All right. 
Well, I want to thank both of you for agreeing to do this today on our road trip around the California housing market. And thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you enjoyed the road trip. We'll be back again next Saturday. Thank you.